Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with an audio interview series presented by WFPK, Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, Before you get started, uh, I I hope you're already a subscriber so you don't even have to worry about it. Uh, But if you aren't a subscriber to the series, we put out multiple interviews every single week. And if this is your type of thing, now's the time to keep up to date. Hit that subscribe button at any of your favorite podcast providers. That does include iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And if you're already a subscriber, uh, go ahead and give the series a rating. Uh, Leave a review or just say hi in the comments box. Tell us uh, where you're listening from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today is a special episode, as I'm going to be pairing two recent interviews, uh, one with legendary singer-songwriter Stephen Bishop, and then the legendary singer-songwriter Jim Peterick. You may know Jim from uh, his time in the band Survivor, or of the many, many songs that he's written for uh, so many bands. And we're going to be talking about his latest album uh, with World Stage called Winds of Change in just a bit. But let us start with Mr. Stephen Bishop. The legendary singer-songwriter has a brand new record called We'll Talk About It Later in the Car, a title that stretches all the way back to his friendship with the late Carrie Fisher. In fact, a lot of these songs actually date back to the beginning of his own career, although that doesn't include the first single, which is a brand new song, a really 
fun song called like Mother Like Daughter. Steven's going to give us the uh, story behind that, as well as a song that he recorded that is Jimmy Webb's very first song that he ever wrote when he was 12 years old. It's a pretty incredible story. And we'll get the history on a track he wrote for the uh, new Benji movie that's on Netflix. Which, speaking of, if you know the history of Stephen Bishop, he has written a lot of themes, a lot of famous themes for a lot of very famous movies. We'll hear how that impacts his writing and how it's still influencing artists today. Talking about the record, we'll talk about it later in the car. It's Kyle Meredith with Stephen Bishop. Hey there, how are you doing? I'm well. It's a, it's a pleasure to talk to you today. Congratulations on this new record. Oh, thanks, thanks. I'm still doing it, you know, still crawling out of the cave. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been fun to listen to so far. We'll talk about it later in the car, and, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get too cookie here, but uh, I, I my first thought was, well, the car seems like a bad place to discuss anything too confrontational. There, there's no escape once you're in the car, so it's... Uh, but, but I, I'm told this, uh, this story goes all the way back to you hanging out with Carrie Fisher, right? Yeah, from the early days, uh, we were friends, and we went to Saturday Night Live one time, and she was in a booth, and she was talking to some friend of hers, and, I, and she said, I overheard her say, we'll talk about it later in the car. And then I thought, oh, she's talking about me. <laughs> and then, then I asked her, and she said, no, 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 that's just what I used to say. My mother used to say that to me, Debbie Reynolds, you know. You know, when they got in an argument or something, you know, we'll talk about it later in the car. And uh, I always used that phrase as years went by. I'd be in concert because it's a great ending to a, a line. You you say, so I'm going to steal your sofa and we'll talk about it later in the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's almost a rectum damn near killed him punchline there if you, if you needed to yeah. be. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, holding on to it that long, I, I guess that kind of goes hand in hand with the idea of this record. Because if I read right, I mean, a lot of these songs do go back to the beginning of your career. Is that right? They're redone. They're re- I, 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 I kind of tried to dis- uh, discover all the elements of how my songs became hits, you know, um, on and on and Save It For Any Day and all these different songs. And then I just kind of reworked it, re-recorded it, uh, most of it. So um, that's what's on there, yeah. Now, does the first single, does it have that kind of lineage, like Mother Like Daughter? Kind of, um, but it's also new. You know, it's also very new, and uh, we did some different stuff on it. But it's uh, it's we're very you know, happy with how people are reacting to it. I I think it's the theme of the song, you know, it's, it's a family, you know, like mother, like daughter, like father, like son. And then it gets into all the, you know, things, you know, uh, in the middle, you know, where you say you can let go of the past or, or just walk away, you know, and that kind of a thing. As far as stories go, you, you seem to have fit an entire history in three and a half minutes, which I don't know, that's got to be the trick, right? Yeah, there's actually a, a video that we did um, that's on uh, YouTube and uh, a lot of different places where you can see the, you know, hear the song and, and the, the acts out and they have actors and the whole thing, you know, it actually is pretty good. Yeah. came out good. What, what brought you to that, that concept, that idea? Where does the story of this song come from? I, did, I wanted to write something different than the typical love song. You know, I love you, you love me, love. And so <laughs> I wanted to uh, try something different. And, you know, um, the theme of the family is always very strong. And where, you know, people, I mean, it starts off, you know, she was three years old when the postcard came with just a lipstick kiss and her mama's name. So it starts off with that, and um, 
you know, it goes into the whole intricate workings of this family. That's a really good lyric, by the way. It's a, I mean, the whole song is a really good lyric. Just... It's kind of, you know, it sounds kind of country, uh-huh. uh, but it's also pop at the same time. I co-wrote it with Robin Lerner, this girl who wrote co-wrote This Kiss Oh yeah, um, for Faith Hill. And she's a great writer and, um, you know, it came out really well, I think. Not writing the love song, do you find that you've had to fight against the type I think I read somewhere that you said, I'm not just a balladeer. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah I mean, people are kind of, I, I think it was uh, It Might Be You, which kind of solidified me in people's minds as a balladeer. Uh, and, um, you know, because on and on, Save for Any Day and those some of my other hits, you know, they're not they're not so uh, ballad-minded. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, I had on this album, there's like all sorts of different songs on there. There's there's I have a really fast song called One in a Million Girl and and other ballads and uh, mostly ballads. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And then other songs that are, you know, ballad and other songs that are upbeat and jazz. You know, I recorded this old Peggy Lee song on there and uh, it was fun. You know, it's it's got a little bit of everything on it. Yeah. And and it also has Jimmy Webb's first song, right? I mean, what's right? What's the story here? He was 12 years old. 12 years old. You imagine 12 years old. Wow. (laughs) This is one of the greatest writers of all time. And it turns out that he was always one of the greatest writers of all time. He always, he was born, you know, he came out going, hit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell me about Here that song. Here comes a hit, maybe I'll have my first, you know, bottle. Like, like um, who's, who's twel- whose song that they put out a 12-year-old still sticks around? Like, most of those we all hide. Yeah, really, that's, I, I had, oh, I had terrible songs. I had, I had Surf's Turf was my first song, a weird surf song, and then. <laughs> I had, you know, songs like There's a Hair in Your Enchilada and <laughs> Beer Can on the Beach and uh, She Took All My Kumquats. That was a big one. You know, I was writing really silly songs. Will there ever be a Sunday in Nebraska, uh, a fly on her lips? I don't know why I wrote these weird songs. Now, now Randy or Newman or, or Harry Nilsson probably would have said, no, I'll put that out. <laughs> I'll still put that out. Yeah, they had some wild songs, Harry Nielsen, uh, but he had great songs. Yeah, I knew Harry. Uh, he was a great, great guy. One of my all-time favorites right there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, uh, I also want to hear about the song Almost Home because uh, this was written for uh, one of the uh, – is it re- the Benji uh, reboots? It was a, a new look at Benji. <laughs> Uh, it, it was a brand new movie. Actually, the movie's really good, and it's on Netflix. And uh, I, um, along with my friend Kurt Sobel, we wrote this song, Almost Home. And, um, you know, I, I, I love dogs anyway. I'm a big dog freak. I just, I've had uh, golden retrievers for, you know, years. And then I just recently got this little puppy and, and named it Randy Newman. <laughs> I saw it on Twitter. It is adorable. Yeah, yeah, a really cute little puppy. No, movies have always been a big part of your story. Do you find yourself writing cinematically at all, or does it just you just wait for the uh, the project to come along? I just try and yeah. I mean, in a way, yeah. I mean, I've done a lot of movie themes, quite a lot, um, but I always try and keep it interesting. But you know, with movie themes, it's a tricky thing because you can't have like you know a green truck on the screen and then you write you know well the green truck you know it's on the screen you know it's traveling or something you know you usually have to be 
you know, paint a picture, you know, and then uh, it kind of what's on screen kind of falls into that. It's a, it's a tricky thing, actually. Well, you've done it well over the years and left some marks. I mean, we were talking just the other day about this new class of indie artists like a Mac DeMarco. And I, I think you can hear your influence in his music. And it's just I mean, it's it's some important stuff that you've done through the years. Well, that's that's very nice. Thank you. I try. I try. <laughs> Well, I know we got the uh, the doc and the bio still on the way, so it's going to be a busy year for you. So uh, looking forward to both of those. And, Stephen, congratulations on the record. We'll talk about it later in the car. All right. Thanks, Kyle. All right. Take care. All right. Take care now. Stephen Bishop there talking about his new record. We'll talk about it later in the car. And now, as promised, let's head to part two of the interview, the one and only Jim Peterick. Founding member of Survivor, he has written for uh, so many acts throughout the 70s and 80s. And a lot of those artists he's collaborated with long after. In fact, several of them are on the brand new world stage record called Winds of Change. Talking about Dennis DeYoung of Styx, folks from a 38 Special and Loverboy, and the late Jimmy Jameson, former lead singer of Survivor, who passed away a few years ago. Jim's gone back and taken some of the vocals that hadn't been released of a, a song they had done together to give it a new life and finally get it out into the world. We get the stories behind all of those, as well as working with Dennis DeYoung on an upcoming project and what the tour will look like with something this size. So let's jump into it. It's Kyle Meredith with Jim Peterick. Hey, Kyle, Jim Peterick. Hey, how are you, Jim? Uh, any better, it would be illegal. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. And I know that has something to do with uh, a new record uh, with uh, the world stage. Congratulations on Winds of Change, man. Thanks, Kyle. And that, that is one of the, the reasons I'm, I'm so stoked. And uh, it's good to talk to you about this record because it, it was a labor of love, you know? The original idea, I mean, this is sort of the sequel, right? It, it, it stretches back to 2001. You know, it only took me almost 20 years to make another world stage record. <laughs> I mean, in the interim, uh, a lot a lot went on. You know, Ides of March albums, Pride of Lion album, solo albums. But, you know, the, the logistics of putting together a world stage is staggering, you know, because uh, all these great stars on this record, they have careers. Duh. And they're touring and they're busy. And um, uh, so, you know, getting them all into Chicago or me flying out to various cities, there's a lot of logistics. And I think that's why it took so long to, to do another one. But, you know, I called every every artist you saw on the, see on this list, I called and they all said yes. So then it was just a matter of scheduling. And, uh, you know, Kyle, what I like to do with, with albums is to actually get people in the same room. Uh, what a concept, right? Nice. And And do the writing. Uh, face-to-face and do the uh, the vocals right there, you know, instead of, you know, shifting uh, digital files across the world. A lot of these uh, songs were written with the artist in the same room, uh, and I think maybe that's part of the reason that it came out so well. And a lot of these guests, I mean, they, it looks like, you know, you've called up on a lot of friends. From the same class and era, how, like, like, was there any kind of direction as choosing who you wanted on the record? The only uh, only parameter were, do I love these people? You know, do I have some history with them? Are they the kind of people that play well with others? You know, you know, we always check our egos at the door with World Stage. And all these people are in it for the music. And, and they're, you know, we're dear friends. I mean, people like Don Burns, we go back to 1981 when I, I was writing, you know, Hold On Loosely and Caught Up in You with these guys. Uh, Mike Reno, when I was a member of Survivor, we toured with, lover boy and uh mike's been a part of a, a lot of the world stage uh concerts that we do 
Dennis DeYoung, I mean, he lives two blocks away from me now. And I've known him since TW4, the trade wins, you know. And he and the Ides of March were sharing a bill at the share of a wild goose, you know. I mean, everybody that's on this record I have uh, deep history with, except for some new uh, new friends like Danny Vaughn of Taiketo, who I met at a, a, a pop festival uh, in, in Milan, and we really hit it off. Same thing with Lars Sufsen uh, and Robert Stahl of, of uh, Work of Art from Sweden. So there are some new people. Uh, Jason Sheff of Chicago is a new friend. But overall, I, I have a lot of history with all these artists. Chris, we also got to bring up uh, Jimmy Jameson, who makes a uh, posthumous uh, appearance here with an unreleased track. W- what's the story on this song? Well, well, you hit one of my uh, my favorite stories, and uh, it always brings a, kind of a tear to my, my eye. Uh, in, in 2008, uh, we, we cut a country album. I he came into Chicago, and I wrote eight songs that were kind of in the new country mold, which is basically the 80s with fiddles and mandolin. Mm-hmm, right. Uh, and uh, one of the songs really stood out in my mind. It was called Love You All Over the World. But that album never got released because Serafino at Frontiers called me up just then and said that he wants me to produce and write a, a rock album for Jimmy. And uh, that became a very successful album called uh, Crossroads Moment. So this uh, country album was shelved, but this one song kept haunting me. And I called up uh, Jimmy Jameson's family and I said, would you mind if I take Jimmy's voice off this track and cut a new track around him? And uh, they gave me uh, their blessing. But what I didn't really realize is how emotional that would be once uh, my engineer soloed up Jimmy's voice in the control room. And we heard that pristine, wonderful tenor that will never be with us again in the room. And we all had tears in our eyes as we cut this track. So it's very emotional, and I and I think it's perhaps one of my favorite tracks on the album, maybe because of the memories and and Jimmy's legacy. It's a fantastic song. I mean, being able to kind of take it and work with it in in such strict parameters like that, uh, you did an outstanding job. Thank you. Yeah. Um. You you mentioned Dennis DeYoung. Did I also see that you're writing for his next album too? I am. Uh, very honored. You know, to be writing with Dennis. Uh, we tried it a couple of years ago. But we were at different places in our lives and careers, and it didn't quite gel. But one day uh, we went out to dinner, and we started talking in real terms about trying it again. And I, I was the kind of the cheerleader for Dennis because, you know, he, he put out a great album in 09. And he said, Jimmy, you know, I, I can't beat that album. Why even bother? Records aren't selling, yada, yada, yada. I go, dude, when you were 15 years old, you didn't have a market plan, Okay. You did it because you loved music and you loved to perform. Do it for that. Do it for your fans. Do it for the loyal Sticks fans. Give them that sound that you were so famous for. So you can sound like Mike Ditka, you know. And uh, we started writing. And along the way, we started a song called Proof of Heaven, which is the one that he uh, that we finished up. We co-wrote together, and it became really the first single, the pivot point uh, of the, the whole album. Very proud of that song. Uh, are some of these folks going to be able to join you at some of the shows on tour? Is there a world stage tour? Well, it, it will be in 2020. Tours like this take a long time to coordinate. You know, if, if I thought the logistics of an album were hard, <laughs> putting one on the road is even harder. But, you know, I mean, obviously it'll be a different lineup with every show depending on people's availability. But we are planning a tour in uh, 2020. Awesome. Well, I look forward to that. Uh, Jim, it, it really is a pleasure talking to you. Congratulations on this world stage. Wind of Change is a, another fine mark and a, a pretty excellent career that you've had. 
Thank you, Kyle. Thanks for having me on, and uh, thanks for listening to the record. Anytime, man. Take care. Rock on. Jim Peterick talking about his new world stage record called Winds of Change. And again, thanks to Stephen Bishop before that. The uh, new record is called We'll Talk About It Later in the Car. Hey, don't forget, before you get out of here, I hope you hit that subscribe button. If you're not already a subscriber to the series, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you get your favorite podcasts from. And if you're already a subscriber, uh, give the series a rating. That, that, that always is so helpful. You can also leave a review or just say hi. Really, whatever's on your mind. After that, head to WFPK.org. That's where you'll find me Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. I do a show that's packed with the uh, biggest uh, new premieres of the day, some anniversary celebrations, music news, and clips from these interviews as well. WFPK.org. You can also find some bonus episodes over there. Consequenceofsound.net has your music and film news. You can also find me at Twitter at Kyle Meredith and Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition of Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.